Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Great to have you guys with us. Welcome to Community of Hope. Want to take just a moment and welcome all of our guests, welcome all of our partners. And hey, let me say, if you are a guest, your first time attendee with us, take a moment like you've already heard, text the word hello to the number on the screen. We would love to connect with you in a, in a more definitive way, help you feel a little bit more connected uh, to Community of Hope in this unique time. So I'm glad to have you guys with us. Hey, today what we're going to do across this weekend, I want to bring to a close our series with me. We've been calling this series together, and I want to talk to you in this moment, in this space, about the one thing that I think every one of us can do that can improve every relationship that we have uh, in our personal lives. Now, think with me about this. I don't, I don't often say that. I don't often make kind of those you know, those statements, but I really believe that what we're going to talk about in these next few minutes has the power, has the impact, has the potential to change the dynamic and the atmosphere of every single relationship that you have. So if you're listening to me today and you're married, this can have impact on your marriage. If you're single, it can have an impact on your friends. I'm talking about friends, family, neighbors, everybody. And I'm, so I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, you know, we are living in days right now that I would say it this way. We're living in days that are filled with high anxiety. Everything around us right now feels extra. And here's why. Because it is extra. There's just so many things going on right now. In fact, I know someone who says it like this. They say, it's kind of hard to deal with a global pandemic combined with an economic shutdown that's left us teetering on economic meltdown while we navigate social unrest during an election year and doing all of that in quarantine. Can I get a witness? I mean, there's a lot going on right now. My best friend, many of you all know, uh, Pastor George, uh, my best uh, buddy for I don't know, 30 years, you know, pastoring uh, on the other side of the state. Uh, he told his staff recently, and I took it from him. He said, you know what? He said, I think we are living in what I call days of disease and days of division. This is just true right now. There's just high anxiety. Uh, there's this high tension uh, going on. In fact, I, you know, as a reader of scripture and a reader of the apostle Paul, who we're going to talk about, uh, today, we're going to use his words to help us. I remember a time when Paul the Apostle was going through a particularly difficult time uh, in his ministry, and he referred to those days as days filled with um, fightings without and fears within. And I, I, again, can I get a witness? Can anybody identify with that? That's kind of what we're going through right now. And so because of all this strain, because of uh, all this pressure in our relationships, a lot of us are sort of looking at ways or things that we might be able to bring into our lives that would make a difference, that would change the dynamic, that would change the atmosphere. And when you take all of this tension and you put that into sort of a quarantine environment where a lot of us are living right now on top of one another and maybe some of the other relationships that we have that offer to us, you know, life and breath where we're able to mix some things up right now, we're not able to be with those people. There's a lot going on. 
And so I wanted to talk about this, and I thought this would be a great way to bring this relationship series uh, to an end. And what I want to do is I want to talk to you for a few moments about this. And before I tell you what I believe that we can learn from Holy Scripture that will make a tremendous change in every uh, relationship, what I want to do today is I want to flip it around and I want to begin with a problem. So I don't want to start with a solution. I don't want to talk about yet how we can make it better. Let me talk to you for a few moments about how it gets bad. So I want to start with a problem. This is kind of what I think about. So uh, I'm going to ask ours, why don't we pan out guys a little bit? And I want to, I want to uh, give you guys an illustration. So you know, I'm going to let this side of our stage represent uh, me, say, or, or it represents you. And then in a relationship, here's what we know. We have ourselves, and uh, then we have uh, someone else. So we're going to let this side of the stage represent someone else. And really what I want to talk about uh, in this space, I want to talk about the dynamic in the middle, I want to talk about the gap. So if you're taking notes, you might you might write, you know, me on one side of uh, your notes in your journal or on your app. You might write someone else on the other side. And there, then there is uh, this gap in the middle. And this is what I think about when I think about relationships. Anytime we connect with another human being, we bring a set of hopes to this potential relationship. We might think about it as hopes or uh, aspiration. Sometimes we, we might even call it our dreams, but we, we bring that to absolutely any relationship. In fact, think about it this way. I don't know a person. I don't know another human being really who enters into a relationship and says, you know what? I want to connect with so-and-so because I want some more toxicity in my life. I don't know anybody who does that. I don't know anybody who goes, you know what? I want to connect maybe with this person because I don't have enough drama in my life. I want to have more drama. I think I'll connect with him or I think I'll connect with her. Now, here's the thing. If, if that's you and you are doing that, I want you to, I want you to turn the television off. I want you to close the computer and I want you to call a counselor right now. And, and if you are, and if you know someone who actually fits in that category, here's what I want you to do. I want you to run away from them. So nobody begins a relationship like that. In fact, we, we think about it. We, we begin with a set, set of, of hopes about how the relationship will do. And in fact, I think of it this way. Let's let the hopes represent, uh, be represented by this box. And whenever I begin a relationship with another human being, I have these hopes, and they, they feel good to me. They feel light to me. And here's why. Because these are my hopes about a relationship. These are, these are my uh, aspirations of, of how I'm hoping this relationship will go. And so anytime, you know, we have, we have this, we, we, uh, you know, we have this box, we have these hopes, they feel good to us. Why? Because they're, again, they're ours. Now, here's what I want you to think about. At the very same time that we're doing that in a relationship, you take the other person in the relationship, here's, here's the, the thing. They're doing the very same thing. So as, as, as I'm over here and I have hopes and I have aspirations about the relationship, this person is over here, and let me just pick this box up. They, they have their, their hopes they have their aspirations about what they think the relationship is gonna, um, 
you know, bring, bring about. And so we have all of this together. And then there comes a moment in every relationship where you bring your hopes, you bring your aspirations and you transfer them to another human being. You have yours and you have theirs. And when the other person hands you their hopes and aspirations, here's what happens in that moment. It doesn't feel light. In fact, it feels heavy. In fact, and maybe you want to write this down, it doesn't feel like a hope any longer. It feels like an expectation. And I, I was thinking about this, and in fact, um, I want to put this on the screen so you know, you know this. Um, the dictionary, Merriam-Webster dictionary says this, an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen, okay, or will be the case in the future. So there's an exchange in every relationship. This is just part of the way relationships are wired. And right here, I believe, is where we begin to get into trouble. Let me give you a kind of an illustration. And this is from my marriage. And again, this is not just a talk for married folks. It is a talk for married folks. But it's really a talk about any relationship, any relationship you have with another human being. But when Beth and I first got married, I, I can still remember a time when I was, frankly, when I lived in Kentucky and I was thinking about proposing to her. And I, I have a memory of walking around the beautiful campus of Asbury Theological Seminary, and I had a mental list. I'm embarrassed a little to say this. I had a mental list that I was checking off about this relationship. And, and at some point, although I wouldn't say this, I think this is what was going on. If I checked enough of those boxes off, I knew in my heart I was going to ask her to be my wife. And so uh, I had a list. I, I had an aspirational idea. I had hopes. I had dreams. And then when we got married, I mean, everything was great. We got married, but then we went on our honeymoon. And when we went on our honeymoon, here's what I did, because I was young and immature and broke and didn't really know what I was doing. I flew my wife, who was from Northwest Texas, that I met in Kentucky. I flew her to Florida, where we were planning to come back and do ministry. We had already talked about that. But here's what I did on, on my honeymoon. I drove her to every place in Florida where I had lived with my family, told her all of, and the way I was doing that, I was bombarding her with all of my hopes, all of my dreams, all of my desires about how I felt like our marriage and our life was going to go. And by the third day of our honeymoon, we were barely speaking to one another. And in fact, to be honest with you all, I want to tell you guys, it, it took about a decade before I could really talk about that. And it's taken two decades before I could now tell you and maybe laugh about it. Now, what was going on in that moment? See, I had all my, I had all my hopes. I had all my dreams and I had transferred them to Beth and she felt the weight of all of those expectations. And this is often what happens in, in this gap. This is what happens in this middle space. We have, 
We have our hopes and our aspirations. They feel good to us. Another person has their hopes and their aspirations. They feel good to us. And in that moment, as the relationship develops, we trade boxes. And just in that moment, it begins to feel less like a hope and an aspiration. It begins to feel more like an expectation. And here's what happens when expectations go unmet. And maybe you want to write this down. Suspicion starts to grow and develop. And some of you right now, if you're listening to me, this is, this is really what I believe. I, I believe you're listening to me and, you're, and, and you are probably like what I'm doing. You have pictures of people in your history right now or in your present that are popping up in your brain because that's what's happened in the relationship. And, and, and the thing is, that's toxic and it's unhealthy. And relationship experts tell us that when this sort of dynamic begins to happen in a relationship, suspicion begins to build. It feels way less than a relationship and it starts to feel more like a negotiation. And in in fact, I like how one writer says it, it begins to feel more like a hostage negotiation. And in fact, uh, relationship experts tell us that in this dynamic, what begins to happen is the relationship quits being sort of an equal relationship and it starts to develop into what they refer to as a debt-debtor relationship. And we begin to feel like the other human being owes us in some way. Now, I want to think about this for a moment because when, when I use the word owe, we can think of that, you know, if I pull this into a monetary sense, it makes more sense. I mean, I brought with me a couple of bucks and if I had some dollars that I owed somebody, uh, let's say, or that I wanted to give somebody, and I, and I gave them those dollars, uh, that's a gift. But if I were to give these two or three dollars that I have in my pocket, and I were to give them to somebody that I owed $20 or $50, it doesn't feel like a gift. Listen to me. It feels like a payment. And in fact, it feels like a partial payment. And I believe that uh, a lot of us have this dynamic going on in our relationships. And at some point, relationship experts tell us that, that if we do this long enough, if we, if we do this uh, you know, without any correction long enough, it begins to infect the entire relationship. It quits being a relationship, and the whole relationship becomes just a negotiation. You know, and, and, and that is, that is, when that happens, these experts tell us we're no longer able to give love or to receive love because of this relationship. And here's what I've witnessed as a pastor over 30 years. When we do that enough in the principal relationships we have and, and we don't, we don't correct that, we don't figure out a way to break that dynamic. Here's what I've noticed people do. It becomes a pattern. And then every successive relationship we get into, it actually begins that way. So the relationship actually begins in a sort of a debt-debtor relationship. We actually enter into relationships with high expectations about what this person can do for us. And what this, what the expectation is that this person will bring to this relationship. 
And, and we begin to string out one bad relationship after one bad relationship after one bad relationship. Nothing seems to work anymore. And we don't even know why. Because there's this dynamic going on. I remember a line, I, I think it was in the movie, I don't know, I think it was in the movie Jerry Maguire, and there's this, this powerful line, you know, that, that we like to say in our modern culture where I think he's saying to Renee Zellweger, he goes, you know, and some of you know right now what I'm going to say, he goes, you complete me. And, and here's the thing, it sounds all warm and fuzzy and good, but here, here's the thing, that doesn't work. We are really not to enter into relationships with other human beings in a way that they are to complete us. We are to work on our own stuff with our creator. And then they're working on their stuff with their creator. And we come together and we break this dynamic apart. Now, let's begin to talk about the solution side of this. I think everybody who's listening to me, if you just think about this long enough, you're going to go, that makes total sense. Now, but here's the thing I want to tell you. Um, we can We can get away from that. And we can move to the solution side. And that's what I want to talk about in a few moments. Because when we have this debt-debtor relationship, I, I want to I read a verse of Scripture to you that comes from the pen of the Apostle Paul. It's pretty powerful. It speaks right to this, this very dynamic. And in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10, listen to what Paul says here. He says, let no debt, okay? Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. I mean, here's Paul, the apostle, going right at this dynamic that we often place in the middle of our, of our human relationships. And Paul says, here's what, here's what we need to do. We need to suspend. We need to step back from all of those debts. He goes on to even bring further definition. He said, look at the commands. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet or whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself for love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So what I want to say is this. One half of the solution to what we're talking about in this dynamic is Paul is challenging every single one of us right now with all of our relationships. We are to step back from this dynamic. We are to literally move to a space where the other person owes us nothing. And I know when I say that right now, man, eh, like I know some of, I know some of you because I know people who are listening and you're going, uh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm afraid if I do that, she will. I'm afraid if I do that, he won't. I'm, af- I'm afraid if I do that, she'll start. I'm, a- I'm afraid if I do that, Pastor Dale, he'll stop. But, but here's what I want to tell you. This is what Paul says. Step back. Let, let no debt remain except, and I love how he says it, except the continuing debt to love one another, which is the fulfillment of the law. Now, that's a lot of what I want us to, I, I can almost stop there. There's part of me that wants to say, let's close in prayer, but I don't want to do that because I think the first reality comes that we just, 
would be willing to entertain the idea that maybe what Paul is saying has real power right now for my relationships. And when I, when I connect it to the other thing that I want to tell you, I, I just think it puts it over the top. And one of the ways that I, I like to preach, one of the ways I, I challenge all of our, our communicators on our team to preach is, is, is to offer practical application as to how we do that. So if I, if, if you were to entertain with me for just a moment that what Paul is saying is right, and, and I, I believe it is, so then the question comes, okay, so how do I do that? How do I, how do I begin to move in every one of my relationships where, where I just become in this way, I allow every relationship to have no debt, but the continuing debt to just manifest love toward another human being. And I, and I believe Paul gets to it. And in another passage of scripture, Paul is writing and he, and he offers to us, I, I think, the key. I think the secret. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, I want to pair this out. I, w- I want to offer a challenge here. I want to begin with verse 8. He says this. He's coming to the end of his writing, the book of Philippians, and he says, finally, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And here's the secret I think Paul is trying to say. We have have this gap. Every human relationship has a gap. We have our side. They they have their side. We're going to meet in the middle somewhere. We're going to do an exchange of these boxes. We're going to have our hopes, our aspirations. They're going to have theirs. We're going to take theirs. We're going to give them ours. It's going to feel a lot like an expectation. We're going to step back from that. And here's what Paul is literally saying. He says, in that space, put trust in there. Put the idea that the other human being, like you, as a fledgling human being, both of you navigating together, are going to work to get this right. Remove suspicion. Remove expectations. Remove the debt-debtor relationship. And just place in that spot trust. Now here's, here's the thing. Let me just, let me remind you of something. When you look at our culture and our world right now, what would you say is missing? We had talked about a lot of things. But I can tell you, I, I, I can't identify another time in my uh, public Christian ministry where I have noticed such low trust for being manifested for so many other people. We have become, as a nation, as a world, uh, we have become in our family systems and in our friendships, we, we, have, we have just become this microcosm of, in our culture manifesting almost mistrust in every relationship where, where uh, one writer says it this way, we've become so tribalized. I mean, if, if there's any disagreement with a person now, we don't, not only can we, do we disagree, we often hate. Uh, social media is a sewer. And a lot of us just get drawn into that. And, and all, all it does 
is breed mistrust in every dynamic. And Paul comes along and he just offers this simple idea where he says, you know what, where we have these gaps in our human relationships, he said, remove the debt-debtor relationship and just begin to manifest trust. Just put trust and begin, begin to move. And it's risky, it's scary. Sometimes it's, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. I, I just in my mind, in my vision, what I see, you know what I see if we were to all operate in this message? You know what I could see? I could see families sitting down and go, hey, where, where, where are there areas where we've just grown to mistrust one another? Where we're not listening to one another anymore? Where, where are some areas where we're not feeling heard? And begin to have some of these conversations. I can see neighbors doing that. I, I can see uh, you know, friends doing that. I can see married couples doing that. I can see, you know, uh, 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 colleagues doing that in a work relationship. I mean, it's scary. But if we were to do that, Paul says, you know, here's what he would tell you. It'll move the needle. It, it'll move the needle. And here's why I know uh, what he's saying is such a challenge that, that I believe uh, has a value for every one of us. And it really happens in the next verse. I want you to know, so Paul says here, this I've been thinking about all week long. Verse 9, he says, he says uh, let me just read verse 8 again, guys, first. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, manifest those thoughts, those ideas, meditate on those, put them in the middle. And then look what he says in verse 9. Whatever you have learned, received, or heard from me, or seen in me, Put it into practice. Now, what's Paul the Apostle saying there? I, I, I think it's a challenge. I think what he's saying is this. You become the person in that relationship that goes first. You do it. Well, if I do that, I don't know the other person. Put trust. You begin to move into that space. I mean, here's Paul not only offering such an incredible opportunity to us, but then he's following that up by saying, you know what? I've been modeling for this for you. I've been doing this. You become a person who does it too. What would happen if, if every one of us who self-identify as followers of Jesus just said, right now, I'm going to drive a tent stake in the ground, and in every single relationship that I have going on in my personal world, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go first. I'm going to be the one. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lessen the tension of this debt, debtor dynamic. I'm going to lessen the tension of suspicion. And in the absence of information that often happen, happens in relationships, I'm just going to manifest trust right there. Here's what I want you to know. It'll move the needle. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Dale? Because of what he says after that. Notice, he says in the rest of verse 9, and, and when we do that, and the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. I mean, what are we all looking for right now in our world with all this stuff? Peace. What are you looking right now for in that problematic relationship you're having with maybe a loved one, with a friend, neighbor, coworker, spouse, child, 
parent peace. I find often when I preach that the simpler I offer it to you, really, the more profound it actually is. All of us right now, are, we're building our lives on these truths. You're building your life on something. Is it, is it worth the investment of what you've built upon it? Will it support what you're doing? I got to tell you before I close, one other thing that really, really challenges me here. When I think about what Paul is offering and I think about Jesus, I, I'm reminded that this is exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. We began, you know, Jesus comes to earth. Bible says incarnation, fully God, fully man, lives a sinless life, dies on the cross for us, and, you know, manifests all this aspiration that the relationship is worth it. In fact, in one of the final letters Paul was writing to his protege, Timothy, listen to what he says here. He says, for there is one God, there's one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, And I love the living translation that says this. I want to read it to you. It's even more clear. And in the living translation, it says this. It says, it is as though God is on the one side and all of the people on the other side, like that's us. And Christ Jesus himself, man, is between them to bring them together by giving his life for all humankind. I mean, who's the ultimate model of the principle that I'm talking about right now in this moment? It's Jesus. And I just, I don't want to miss my opportunity that, that some of you right now may be listening and, and you see this Jesus and you don't know how to connect with him and you, and, and, there's this gap separating you from this perfect God, you know, all your sin, all your shame, all your mistakes. And here's what the truth of the gospel is. Jesus has gone first. Paul is telling us he's the bridge that stands in the middle, manifesting all the right aspirations about these relationships so that you can ask him to be your Lord and Savior, step across and be connected to this God, live for all humanity. So, I mean, this is a relationship principle, but here's what I want you to know. Behind the relationship principle, this is the gospel. And so what I want to do in closing today, um, I want to pray for you and your relationships. And then I want to pray for anybody right now listening to me who's never invited Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Lord and Savior, that today maybe you would do that and begin this wonderful relationship where God is manifesting in Christ all this love for you. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, I'm so thankful 
that you have, you have created ways for us to step out of some of the, the bad habits of our relationships, some of the toxicity we experience, some of the dynamics that we have created in our own brokenness, in our own uh, willfulness, in our own errant expectations that we placed on other human beings. And that we, and as a result of that, we're living these days of, of disease and division. We're living these days of high anxiety. Oh God, by the mercy of your son, would you help us in this space? I pray for anyone listening to me right now who has a relationship like that, that is, feels toxic and broken and filled with all of these expectations that by the mercy of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Would you break that dynamic? Would you give us the ability to step into that space and begin to manifest trust, that we would go first, that we would be the person that that would begin to manifest all the things that Paul is talking about, whatever is true and honorable and right and lovely and of good report and praiseworthy, that we would begin to move toward these things, that trust may be reestablished. Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you repair every broken relationship that we have? And God, the greater prayer too, for anybody in this space who feels like they are in a broken relationship with you, you know, maybe through a past experience, maybe it was a bad experience in church, maybe it was a Christian who did them wrong, maybe it was none of that, maybe it's their, our own willful disobedience, our own inclination to go our own way, whatever it is, oh God, would you show that in this moment for what it is? Would you give us the capacity and the courage to step towards you even as you are stepping toward us? Would you break down any barrier, any wall between us? And I pray for anybody who's never said yes to you listening to me right now. Give us the ability, Lord Jesus, to just move in the space and say, God, be my God. Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, forgive my sins. Jesus, be my Lord and leader, my forgiver, my friend. Thank you for dying for me. Jesus, these are our prayers. And we offer them to you in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen. Hey, one more thing. Uh, If you are wanting to learn more about this talk, if you're wanting to, you know, connect in in this unique time and in any more, uh, you know, definitive way, if you're wanting to take a next step in your relationship with Jesus Christ, here's what we'd ask you to do. Would you text the word next to the number on the screen and we'll reach your way. And now may the grace of God go with you and let's prepare our hearts for worship. Amen.